Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening whenever you may be listening. This is the Innovate Western New York podcast. It's your old friend, Nate Benson, here. I want to thank you for joining me this week. And actually, Pete Galvin's standing over my shoulder. He won't say hello because he's too afraid, but he's uh, awkwardly staring at me as I record this podcast. Uh, This week, we have a very interesting topic. It doesn't sound like it on paper, but we're talking about the legal side of startups. And I spoke with Matt Pelkey over at Culligan Law. Uh, they kind of they don't specialize in startup law because for ethics reasons in New York State you can't say you're a specialty type law firm from what I understand, but they deal a lot with uh, startups and again, not specifically, which Matt was quickly able to point out. Yes, although uh, New York State ethics rules don't allow us to use the word special or specialty. Okay. So uh, with that caveat aside, you know we do a lot of focus on you know startups, entrepreneurs. Um, and basically entrepreneur lifestyles and, and the legal needs that come along with that. I'll be honest, the extent of my legal knowledge is that I've never been arrested. So that's... <laughs> so if my question You're doing well. Sound, You're doing well. <laughs> it's all right. Questions, you know, don't sound uh, overly intelligent from a legal standpoint. I apologize. So um, you do a lot of work with startups. Uh, what work do the startups you know need? What, what kind of legal... Um, either advice or just what legal challenges are there for someone starting up, especially in New York State? Sure. So, you know, obviously New York State has has a ton of regulations. Um, no. <laughs> and as a startup, you know, it's not always easy to navigate that. Yeah. You know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. And, you know, that's where, you know, working with an attorney, you know, comes in handy on that side. But there's so many issues, to go back to the surveyor's question. You know, there's formation, there's founders, there's intellectual property, there's structure, there's tax issues, there's planning, there's raising money, you know, and all of these things, you know, all these elements can kind of play in, you know, off of each other. And you've got to make sure you're sort of, you know, lining those you know, sort of foundational planning issues up with the strategic vision of the company. And that can change, right? I mean, you might have small family-owned businesses who, you know, don't ever plan on raising outside capital. Maybe they're going to go to a bank someday, you know, or you have high-growth companies that, you know, are going to need to raise as much money as humanly possible. And, you know, those two paths, you know, are very different. And you've got to make sure you're planning early on and working with those entrepreneurs. So we obviously, you know, work with them on the legal side, but in a lot of ways we also work with them on the business side. You know, we offer, you know, advice. We work with them to find mentors. We work with them to build teams. You know, we work with them to find the right fit, you know, whether it be Launch New York or, or Z80 Labs or encouraging them to apply, you know, to 43 North. Um, you know, there are a lot of programs that can help them, um, you know, and obviously, you know, while we do legal work and we're certainly willing, you know, to put in the effort on the business side of things, you know, we can't have that be all of our work because it's not work that we actually bill for. So, <laughs> you know, we have to keep the lights on, um, you know, so we try to, you know, have them partner with, with you know, folks in the community who can, can really provide those services. Uh, so from assisting a, a startup st- standpoint, is that kind of a is it, a, is it a pro bono thing or is that actual a revenue stream for, for your law? You know, it's, it's something we see as sort of a value add okay. for clients. Okay. You know, we, you know, we understand a lot of the needs for startups. You know, we are investors, we are founders, mm-hmm. we are directors, you know, we, we have that level of involvement with, with companies independent of what we do for a living. So we get, we get those considerations and we understand that there are better need, you know, better uses of, of funds, you know, for, for early stage startups than, you know, putting all their money into a law firm. Um, so while we do provide legal services and we certainly charge for those legal services, we're pretty flexible in how we work with startups mm-hmm. and we understand those needs. And it's, it's, it's unique to each company. 
Um, you know, so we do have that level of flexibility. Um, the sort of value add business services side of things is something we do outside of that. You know, mm -hmm. whether it be grabbing coffee with someone at 8 a.m. You know, to chat about you know who they can talk to for investors, getting text messages at two o'clock in the morning, you know, asking me a question about, you know, well, what should we do here, you know, or or introducing them to you know, uh, you know, folks who could be on their board of directors, you know, who can provide industry experience and and that knowledge to allow their companies to grow. Those are services that we don't bill for, but it's services that help our clients grow. It helps the startup industry grow. It helps the ecosystem. And as you keep adding those pieces. You know, the idea is to get critical mass, and I think, you know, we're, we're starting to see that. What do you think is the biggest, well, I guess, you know, backing up before, how long, how long have you guys been really um, assisting uh, startups, and how long have you realized that this is uh, something, a, a growing a marketplace here in Western New York? So the firm was founded um, a little over three years ago okay. around this idea of, of, you know, being advocates for business uh, and also for community, but, you know, certainly entrepreneurs and startups, you know, that's when the idea started being executed. You know, that concept started sort of coming into into the picture, you know, probably a year or two before that. You know, we all kind of had different paths and ended up at the same point. Mm -hmm. You know, I know John uh, and David had been working together at a larger firm. You know, David helped found the Buffalo Angels Fund. He founded Launch New York. Um, you know, I helped found Startup Grind Buffalo, you know, a lot more of sort of the, the grassroots entrepreneur mm -hmm. side of things. David did a lot of work on the investor side of things. You know, and we all and we both kind of came together at, at a similar point and, you know, decided that this was something that we believed in, you know, not just from a practice of law perspective, but looking at the long term sustainable growth of Buffalo, you know, and said, if we're going to really have growth that lasts beyond just my generation, you know, it's got to be through startups and through entrepreneurship and through creating new growth in our community, um, you know, and that's that's kind of how I ended up in, mm -hmm. in startup work was that I, I, I honestly was an economic development policy, you know, geek and, you know, had kind of gone back and forth about, you know, how I saw, you know, that playing into Buffalo's future. And, you know, of I, all things to be a geek about. Yeah. You know, policy. it's, it's, I, I was, and, um, you know, we, we sort of looked at, okay, what are your two options, right? Mm -hmm. You can basically provide, you know, tax incentives and, you know, you know, grants through the state and through, you know, IDAs and, you know, you can, you can get folks to, you know, maybe move here that yeah. way. But at the end of the day, in a lot of ways, you're really just shifting money around, right? Mm -hmm. If you convince a company from, you know, Ohio to bring 5,000 jobs here, but in Ohio, they're losing 5,000 jobs, you, yeah. you really haven't created a whole lot of growth from a, yeah. you know, net perspective, yeah. you know, you might get some temporary growth, but, you know, you really want to create growth, you, you create new um, you know, revenue, you create new growth, you know, organic growth. And that's where entrepreneurships and startups come in, you know, where you're creating a value add for the community that isn't just shifting money around. It's, it's new money coming into the community. And because of that, you're expanding the, you know, the resources, you're expanding the tax base. You know, if that entrepreneur is successful, you know, success breeds success. And you can kind of keep going down that pathway. Um, now, obviously, the government can, can help facilitate that. And I think, you know, we've seen that or we're starting to see that. Um, you know, but, but that's kind of how I ended up where we did. <laughs> and a lot of times that growth, you know, with, with IDAs and government grants and things like that, it's really not even sometimes shifting real money. It's just, you know, it, 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 the appearance of sure. of this and, you know, in six months that company's either gone or right. moved on to a better deal somewhere else. Exactly. And that's, you know, sort of experiencing that firsthand is how I ended up, mm -hmm. you know, just from a personal policy perspective saying, okay, you know what, 
I care about this community. If we're going to see it move forward, this is where we need to invest our time and resources. So, so that sort of broad philosophical yeah. idea <laughs> sort of underlies, you know, what we do here. And, you know, for every hour, you know, we're putting into, you know, billing for a client, you know, we're spending an hour, you know, whether it be counseling a business or volunteering or, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on a board, you know, being involved in that ecosystem in that community. What are some of the biggest hurdles then uh, for a company? You know, again, they don't know what they don't know. Just like you know, even in my business, I don't know what I don't know. That's why <laughs> I, I interview people. Um, sure. So what? What? You know, what's you know? Okay, I, I've got this good idea. Now what? What's my biggest hurdle out of the gate? You know, I think a lot of times folks struggle with regulations, and that depends. You know, it depends on what industry you're in. Yeah. Um, you know, you could be starting a brewery or a distillery and have a whole set of regulations that you know you don't even know, you're not even aware of. And you could be starting, you know, a cheese farm, right? Um, you know, or, or, you know, having difficulty understanding what applies to you. And then you've got to add in the layers of, you know, workers' comp and unemployment insurance mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, tax issues and, you know, hiring somebody and, you know, labor, you know, compliance, you know, and, and you know, you, it's a, it can be a full-time job just keeping up with the regulations. Yeah. And for a small startup company who maybe doesn't have the cash to bring somebody in full time and do this, you know, you can end up in a situation very quickly where, you know, the state's sending you bills for $30,000 saying, and you have no idea how, A, what you've done wrong or B, how to fix it. And, you know, unfortunately then you can be in a situation where you, you have no choice to call a lawyer and, you know, what you like to see happen is, is you sort of get ahead of some of those issues early on. And frankly, the state could do more, you know, to, to help in those situations. You know, the state can be very aggressive in, in some of those compliance areas and not really working with businesses, really just sending out the invoice and, you know, saying this is what you owe the state, not how can we work together and partner. And it's also difficult and frustrating, you know, I've seen it many times of, of just trying to communicate between the different agencies, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I sent this form to the Department of Taxation and Finance. Well, you didn't send it to the Department of Labor. Well, can't you just get it from the Department of Tax? No, you have to send a separate one to with us a with a check. But then you've also got to get a copy of it from what you sent to the Department of Taxation and Finance. Have them mail it to you in order to mail it back to you. And I'm like, aren't you guys across the hall? <laughs> you know, it's it can be, you know, you kind of take a step back and look at it and be like, this is an absurd system, yeah. you know, and trying to make it easier, you know, for people to start businesses, for people to pursue you know, ventures. And, you know, that's, that's what we need to do more of. And, you know, the state, the county, you know, the city can do a lot to help that. You're painting a picture that's not necessarily easy to do a business <laughs> in New York. And Governor Cuomo would say otherwise, but that's a whole nother. <laughs> well, listen, there, I, I, you know, there are a lot of benefits to doing, sure. to doing business in, in somewhere like Buffalo. Sure. You know, you have relatively low cost of labor, yeah. you know, especially when you look at somewhere like Silicon Valley or, you know, um, you know, Boston or New York, you know, your real estate prices are relatively low. Um, you know, people complain about our taxes, you know, and, and while there is some truth to that, you look at these other areas that are hotbeds for startup activity, we're in line. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're... California, Texas. Yeah, I mean, these aren't like, you know, these aren't places that, you know, for the most part have no taxes, you know. We're, we're right up there, you know. Our property taxes are a little bit higher, but on the other hand, our real estate values are considerably lower so our actual net tax levy you know really isn't that much different than what you see so you know you look at that you look at the fact that you know we've got the medical campus you know you know obviously taking off and and really taking root and then you've got 
you know, startups eco, a startup ecosystem that is finally starting to kind of, you know, get into its own. And you really do have the pieces here um, that can make a city a great, you know, entrepreneurial ecosystem. And, you know, that didn't just happen. You know, a lot of people put a lot of effort mm-hmm. into it, you know, over the last decade, yeah. um, you know, and over the last, you know, maybe four to five years, we've really seen a ton of progress. Um, but we obviously need to keep pushing that and keep moving forward. I moved here in 07 uh, to finish up school and, and decided to stay. I'm from central New York originally. and um, So you've seen the progression. I've the, seen the, the change. Well, I, yeah. I, you know, every politician, I've ever, they always, you know, claim it's they're, they're the reason why. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I, it, obviously the reason it's it's me. But, you know, I think it's because of me <laughs> when I moved here. But nobody seems to be catching on. The logic's pretty similar. I, I, mean, I think it's, yeah. It seems to make sense. But, uh you know, so you mentioned the medical campus. Uh, obviously, it's a hotbed right now. In, yeah. in 43 North, Z80, uh, the Innovation Center and all that, they're all based out of the medical campus. Um, a lot of diverse companies are coming out of there. Where do you think, In I think I might know the answer. Obviously, it's probably the medical field, but what's some of the most interesting fields of, of startup and innovation happening right now in, in Western New York? You know, you've seen, obviously, medical. Yeah. And, you know, I say medical, you know, biotech, you know, but you've also seen, you know, we're starting to see some tech companies actually get, you know, some, you know, some, some traction. And that's great, you know, some energy companies. Um, you know, we, we need to acknowledge that we're not going to be Silicon Valley. We might be something that, you know, has the same economic impact relatively speaking but it's not going to be a bunch of apps and tech companies you know it's going to be in manufacturing it's going to be advanced manufacturing it's going to be you know biotech you know we're going to have a much more diverse um you know sort of portfolio and that that represents you know historically what buffalo has yeah, been it's kind you know, of in a way where our roots have always been it's well and it, and it makes sense right you you have investors you have advisors, you have mentors, you have, you know, professional services that are used to sort of operating in this space. So your institutional knowledge that's built up over, you know, century, well, you know, a couple centuries or decades at least, is really, you know, focused and and comfortable in these areas. So just by that virtue alone, you're going to see more focus there and more effort put in behind that. Now, you know, you're going to obviously see tech come along as well, but I don't think you're going to see the concentration that you get with somewhere like Silicon Valley. What companies that you've been working with? I'm not sure if you're able to even tell me. Um, you know, what's gotten you really excited? Is there anything specific? Well, so there is attorney-client privilege. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's only so much I can really say. Um, but I can, you know, what I will tell you. That's not you. just a movie term. That's legit. <laughs> That's legit. You uh, know, and confidential. Been telling me the truth. Confidentiality. I mean, there's this whole book of rules with the state that we have to follow. Um, right now, I've got under hundred. You're listeners. yeah. Not- oh, good, good. I'll just keep putting these footnotes <laughs> yeah. in as we go along. I can give you the the, the page yeah. references. Um, no, you know, so it's, you know, what gets me really excited. Um, you know, is working with companies. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily restrict that to a particular field. I really enjoy working with the entrepreneur who has a vision, who has a goal, who has an idea, and wants to execute on that. Right. And that's sort of, you know, in some ways, it's me living vicariously through the entrepreneur, entrepreneur right? That's why like, I do this series, because <laughs> I, I didn't go to engineering school. Right. And I love science. But eh, so, so, you know, do the story. You, you get to live vicariously yeah. through them. And, you know, the way that our firm is set up, we really do become part of that team. We become a partner with them, you know, not in an equity sense, but, you know, in a, in a working with them, you know, and helping them, you know, through, through challenges, helping them, you know, achieve their goals, helping them progress. And when you actually can take a step back and, and look at a client who, you know, three or four years ago, 
you know, was sort of just trying to figure its way, you know, figure itself out, figure its way, you know, forward. And you can take a step back and say, wow, this company Mm -hmm. now employs 80 people. This company is, is, you know, expanding, you know, constantly. Um, You know, there is a real sense of satisfaction for me personally to say, okay, we had this concept, right, of, of wanting to, you know, help startups, help the startup ecosystem. And, and by virtue of that, you know, create sustainable economic development in Western New York that's, that's organic. And you can actually see that play out. Mm-hmm. You can see them renovating buildings. You can see them, you know, reinvesting in Western New York. And these are people that care about Western New York legitimately, people mm-hmm. who are from here, people who have roots here, people who want to see this area thrive. And in doing so, really go out of their way to give back to the community. Um, you know, that you know, to me is very satisfying and, and what I enjoy most. Now, not every company is that story, sure. you know, but we're also here to help those companies that don't succeed. You know, okay, acknowledge that there's risk. Most startup companies are going to fail. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it's percentage, it's statistics. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, averages. You know, how do we plan for that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and have that conversation. And if the time comes, you know, look at a turnaround plan you know, look at bankruptcy, which, you know, people tend to be terrified of, but that exists for a reason because we want to encourage people to take these kind of risks. We want to encourage a society that, you know, isn't afraid to go out on a limb and try something. And if it doesn't work out, you know, we don't want to put them in debtor's prison. You know, sure. that that's generally a bad idea. We've threw that out a long time ago. Um, so, you know, working with those clients under, under those circumstances as well, obviously you don't want to abuse it. You know, somebody's filing six, seven, eight times, that's a different story, you know. Um, but, but, you know, that's sort of, yeah. When I look at, you know, Launch New York, Startup New York, um, and it's certainly easy for critics of any government program, especially in New York State, to automatically say it's, it's not working, it's not going to work. Is that maybe just a misconception of, of startups themselves? Because, you know, I look at a company like Block USA. They've started with three employees. They've now almost got 80. Post-process, you know, a startup in your company started with two employees. They now have 12. So, I mean, in terms of volume, you know, it's tripling, quadrupling their workforce. But to the average citizen, it's like, well, it's only 80 people. It's only 12 people. Right. But to the company, that's a huge growth. So you get a lot of politicians who use this as talking points, yeah. right? You take complex issues, yep. you boil them down to a one-liner, and you get out there and you pan, you know, you pound your fist on yeah. the, you know, on the on the lectern and and make a, a press release about it. Yep. It's easy to do. Yeah. You know, it's misguided. It's naive at best. Um, you know, I, when you're talking about a startup entity, most of those companies are going to lose money for at least three years. Yep. Period. Um, it's going to take a while for that investment to actually have returns. And if anyone thinks that, you know, a startup is going to receive Startup New York space in its first year and employ 100 people by the end of that year, you know, you need to, you need to study up a little bit more on entrepreneurship, you know, because you, you clearly are missing some facts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether or not, you know, Startup New York um, or, or the various programs succeed, you know, it's too early to tell. Um, you know, I think they're good concepts. Um, I think it's certainly we've seen companies who have stayed here because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but are all of them going to be success stories? No. You know, again, it goes back. Most startups are going to fail. 
And most people, when they think of a startup, they think of Facebook or they think right. of a, a Snapchat or no. some yeah. <laughs> that right. now has thousands of employees. Right, but at and one point, that was like a guy in his dorm room with yeah. a computer, right. you know, trying to figure out how to make something work. And you, you just know, don't go from zero to a thousand miles an hour. Not, not in you know a few months. You know, the 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 sort of you know really great success stories. I mean, even look at ACV auctions, yeah. you know, who they've had a great year, they've had a great year, but you know, I, I, I don't remember what it was. I think they were just in the news about yeah. their latest round. I think they're up to maybe 20 or something mm-hmm. employees, you know, and that's a great success, but somebody not understanding the startup ecosystem, we look at that. Well, you hire 20 employees. So what? You got a million dollars, you know? Well, the idea is that in another year in two years and three years and five years, that that's exponential growth. Yeah. You know, that's not just 20 employees a year. You know, that's hopefully in five years, you know, employing a couple thousand people. You know, and that is organic new growth for Western New York that did not exist. This isn't shifting money around and calling it growth. This is actually new money coming in. And, and, you know, to me, there's a lot more bang for your buck in that than, you know, giving a check for, you know, $10 million to some Fortune 500 company to, to, you know, plan its headquarters here for 10 years and then pull up and go somewhere else or ask for another, you know, 10 million in tax breaks or threaten, the, or <laughs> or threaten, threaten to, leave, to leave, you yeah. know, cause that's the game that gets played, right? You know, give us 10 million or we're going to pull up and go to Cincinnati, yep. you know, and, and basically all you've done is, is, you know, taking a lot of money off the tax rolls. And we justify that by saying, Oh, well, you know, when that tax break is up, they'll start contributing to, you know, the tax base and, as we've seen time and time again, you know, that generally speaking doesn't happen. A lot of times it's just delaying the inevitable of going to leave. <laughs> Hopefully not. And I'm certainly not advocating for right. it. But it's, it, we've seen it time and time again, like you said. Um, so what, you know, studying this on a daily basis as you do, um, what could be done? And, of course, if you knew, maybe you'd be running for office. But <laughs> what, in your professional opinion, what, what could make things easier for startups, in not, just in, not just Western Europe, but New York State? You know, I think New York State, you know, can improve, you know, its relationship with startups by making the regulatory system easier. That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, slashing regulations. You know, it just means making it more user-friendly, right? Not having to go to 10 different agencies to try and accomplish one task. Um, Streamlining a lot of that. You know, making interagency communication, you know, more robust so that if I correct something at the Department of Labor, I don't have to send 15 different faxes to 15 different people and their faxes because nobody can email. Um, you know, so you know, maybe email would be a good start too. Um, you know, you get sort of these issues, right? Yeah. Of, of just let's look at how we can make this easier. Maybe we have legitimate reasons for some of these regulations to exist and, you know, I do a lot of work with distilleries. I get it. You know, you're basically boiling gasoline. That should be heavily regulated. Sure. You know, but you also can make it easier for businesses to be subject to those regulations. Um, you know, whether that means you have somebody who whose sole job it is in Albany to, you know, basically shepherd companies that are startups through this, um, listening to the businesses themselves. I'll tell you one of the most successful things that I've seen done um, you know, you know, by regulators in Albany and, and some legislators here in Western New York was having a craft beverage roundtable, you know, back in December, I think. And what they did is they sat us all down and they said, okay, you know, there's obviously heavy regulation here. 
what changes can we make to make your lives easier? And we sat there for two hours with, you know, uh, Vincent O'Brien from, from the SLA special counsel, our, sorry, Vincent, uh, his name's Vince, uh, Kerry O'Brien, uh, who was the CEO and, you know, walked through, okay, on a practical level, here's where we're getting hung up. You know, you don't allow electronic submission of these forms. It's 2016. We yeah. should be able to do that. Um, you know, you know, we can't serve or sell alcohol before noon on Sundays. And people kind of laugh, oh, it's, you know, it's the mimosa bill. Well, here's how that practically plays out for producers. We have to rent space somewhere for events, say it's, you know, Christmas in the country. And we have to pay for a weekend for that space. But from the hours of 8 a.m. to noon on Sunday, You're not making money. we just sit there and tell customers, I'd love to sell you a bottle for a Christmas present or whatever for the holidays, but I can't. You know, so you get this level of absurdity that really does have an impact on the day-to-day life of businesses. Now, you know, you could certainly replicate that, you know, throughout other industries and, and work with those groups, you know, the actual, you know, small businesses and startups to say, how can we make your life easier? Um, you know, and really listen to them and, and you know, work with our legislators to, to basically put forth that legislation to make it easier. Um, you know, that's something that, that has shown itself to be very successful. Um Looking back, you mentioned earlier um, you were influential in, in the startup grind. That's starting another yes. another round. What uh, what attracted you to uh, do that? So the story behind that was actually um, somebody from Forty Three North. Uh, I believe it was John Spitz mm-hmm. was in Toronto. Uh, I, I guess it was almost three years ago yeah. now. Um, it was right before the first round of Forty Three North, and he had attended as sort of the promotion of of Forty Three North. Um, a Startup Grind Toronto event. And he put out a comment, I think, on Twitter and said, just attended my first Startup Grind event. Buffalo really should have this. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a group of six of us who replied and said, well, let's do it. Um, you know, and it, it was an interesting process, um, <laughs> to say the least. It is, a, it is a program of Google. For those who don't know, uh, walk, <laughs> us, walk, them, walk us through what, what the Startup Grind is. So it's a, it's a speaker series, yeah. and, you know, we sort of take the summers off, and, we, you know, we don't do much in December because of the holidays, but it's, it's a, you know, otherwise a monthly speaker series. And it's sort of like an intimate fireside chat, and it's, you know, you know our, our director asking questions and sort of walking through a conversation, you know, with, with various members of the entrepreneurial ecosystem, you know, founders, you know, investors, mentors, um, you know, you know, partners in that and, you know, walking through their story and, you know, listening to the lessons that they've learned and, and hearing that in a very personal way, getting to interact, getting to ask questions. There's also a networking component to Mm -hmm. it where you can meet folks you know, so so we saw the value of that sort of grassroots um, entrepreneurial programming, and the nice thing about Startup Grind, in addition to the value you get out of it, is that it's sort of the lowest barrier of entry to the startup ecosystem. Sure. Right? You don't have to be committed to starting a company to come and learn. You've and got that little it. spark. And yeah, maybe you've got a little bit of yeah. interest. You want to see. You want to learn more. You know, you're not ready to go to a startup weekend where you're committing. You know, three days to basically doing nothing but this. You know, you don't have an idea where you want to go to Z80, but but you want to learn more, and it's something you've thought about, and, and it's something you've considered, and you want to learn more. And it's a really great entry point for folks. And, and one of the things that we, you know, once we sort of realized that, right, we started making sure that some of our sponsors, you know, were vendors that could help people. Sure. You know, attorneys, you know, branding, um, you know, nonprofits who focus in this area. 
you know, so that if folks had questions, you know, while they were there, they could say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm thinking of doing this, you know, but I have no idea where to start. You know, we realized that we sort of had that sort of entry point to people who were interested and, and hopefully, you know, can move those, those people to, to actually, you know, taking that risk and taking that leap and going forward with starting a business. You're starting up another, another season, so to Correct, so yes. Uh, what should people look forward to? You know, I, I, I have to admit that um, while I am still involved, I have had to take the last few months, basically, and, and take a step back. Um, I'm helping my wife with something. Okay. And, uh, you know, probably won't be able to re-engage at the level sure. I was until, until later this fall. Got it. Um, so looking forward um, and kind of wrapping this up, what in this isn't an advertisement for you but basically any startup interested in, in really going forward should probably give you guys a call first <laughs> <laughs> again you know there's all these ethics rules in uh, new york yeah, state yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you know it's um but they should but they should at least seek some sort of legal listen advice. we we always recommend you know and this kind of goes back to our principle of why we founded the firm mm-hmm. if you're going to start a business at a minimum you need a good attorney you need a good accountant those are the two things that you need to be working with from a professional services perspective. Whether that's us, whether it's another law firm, you know, our perspective on it is we need to continue to grow that ecosystem. And the, and, and the more we grow that ecosystem and we have success, success breeds success, and you start sort of getting that, you know, sort of perpetual growth. And whether we directly helped you or not, that growth will indirectly benefit mm-hmm. us, you know, regardless. And, and mm-hmm. that... That's sort of the perspective we and take. And the more information a startup has, the, the better off they're going to Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to thank Matthew Pelkey from Culligan Law for joining me this week on the podcast. If you're a startup or entrepreneur looking to just get started, get things rolling, get that idea off the ground, and you just want some legal questions answered, feel free to reach out to Culligan Law at CulliganLaw.com or on Twitter at Culligan Law. That's C-O-L-L-I-G-A-N Law. Um, this is not an advertisement. They're not paying me to say this, but you know, I walked away with quite a bit of knowledge from this conversation, and I think if you are a startup looking to get going, um, it's definitely worthwhile just to have a conversation with these guys. And it, I think, will put you in a better position to succeed. And we all want to see the uh, startup community here in Western New York succeed. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast this week. If you like what you hear, please uh, leave a comment or review or thumbs up on SoundCloud or on iTunes. It really does help us out, especially when my boss sees that we're getting good reviews. It's always a good thing for for this podcast. Uh, Make sure you do subscribe across the various podcast platforms. And if you know of a tech startup or a uh, tech company, manufacturer, research being done here in Western New York that you want highlighted, please let me know at Nate Benson on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Nate Benson TV. And you can watch all of the Innovate Western New York segments on WGRZ.com. Click on the local section and you'll be able to find us. I want to thank you again for listening and we'll see you at the next one.